This is my first Christmas celebration in the United States in 18 years. I've been celebrating Christmas in the slums in Peru and in the Amazon jungle, in a place, for example, in Lima that did not have water or electricity up to when we arrived and we gave them a big Christmas meal for each family in the slum to eat, and then a whole meal that was huge for all the members of the slum, all the families. They only had as their big Christmas celebration per family a glass of water and a little bit of sugar. That's where God had us celebrate Mass. And yet, at that Christmas Eve Mass, the people learned to bring their Bibles. They were in awe. I'll never forget the silence that I experienced when I would raise Jesus and to see them with such devotion and holy awe. The Lord came to visit us. As it says in the book of Hebrews, from the second reading, chapter 1, in many and various ways God spoke. He has been reaching out to you and to me, to all humanity, since the beginning. He called prophets, judges, always reaching out, always thinking about the other, us. Because love is about otherhood. In fact, the very Trinity, this is one of the reasons we believe in the Trinity. If God was just himself, singular and not Trinitarian, he would have only loved himself, and that would have been selfishness. But the Bible says in 1 John 4, 8 and verse 16, God is love, and God shows us that love has to be always about others, others. And from the very beginning, the Father's love was about the Son, and the Son's love was about the Father in the power and the authority of love itself, which is the Holy Spirit. When God created, he didn't have to create us. In fact, I love to share this story, seeing God's interest. My mother, who almost died giving birth twice, was told by doctors many years ago that if she had any children, any more children, she would die and leave her husband a widower and her children orphaned. And here she was in the operating room. They put on the gas mask to put her under to do the tubal ligation. And she heard the voice of Jesus in her heart. You must not do this. She took off the gas mask. Did not have the tubal ligation. Four months later, my twin and I were conceived. And we're both priests. God was thinking about us though my brother, my twin and I, did not exist yet, but in his eternal love and mind we existed. And so did you. In Jeremiah 1.5, he speaks to Jeremiah, before I formed you, before you were conceived in the womb of your mother, I knew you. And because he knows us perfectly, he loves us perfectly. So we were already in his heart and mind, even before we came to be.
but we have never not been in his heart from all eternity. So love is not just about the other, it's about getting close to us because God is everywhere. He's in front, he's behind, he's below, everywhere. He surrounds us and his light. And yesterday's reading was beautiful. It said, a people in darkness have seen a great light. One time celebrating mass in my private chapel in Tampa, Florida. When I raised the chalice, I'm not sure of interior or exterior or both, but I was consumed by a light that I saw leave the chalice and suddenly I saw the map of the world. I saw the light come going from my chapel in Tampa, Florida and suddenly overwhelming each state in the United States. It became light. And as the vision continued, I saw that light go into continent to continent. And then from continent to continent, it continued and it left the planet and it went into the universe and it illumined the whole universe. And what the Lord was showing me is this, whenever mass is celebrated, his light, his presence occupies the whole universe. Just one mass does that. Imagine mass is done every day. They say the mass is celebrated 300,000 times a day. Imagine the amount of light. But the devil does not want us to know how present, how close God is to you and to me. How much he's always on our side, on our behalf, reaching out. And then we read so sadly in the gospel reading today in John 1.12. It says, he came to his own. The Jews were called to prepare all of humanity for the first coming of Jesus Christ. And guess who's called to prepare the world for his second coming? Because now we are not expecting him to be born in a, as a baby. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And for some of us, most of us, when we die, we will meet him. We will be judged. In Hebrews 9.27 it says, For it is for man to die once. There is no reincarnation. That's a lie of the devil. It is for man to die once and then comes judgment. So that whether it be at the end of the world, at the end of time, or when you die, you will see him. He will come. But it isn't just those times that he comes. As I mentioned, he's always coming. At every mass he comes. Yes, he's not wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's wrapped in bread. I've seen God do some incredible things just by blessing people with the blessed sacrament. I've seen the blind see. I've seen people, someone get off in Korea, a nine-year-old boy, totally quadriplegic from the neck down, get up and start walking. I've seen tumors leave when someone had a tumor that looked like a banana. A Peruvian woman, she swallowed the Eucharist and it left her. I've been an exorcist in Peru. I've seen the reaction of demons when they see Jesus. They cannot stand his glory, his love, his presence. It is nothing but a miracle that this church stands 
after each consecration. It shakes the universe. But the ones that are called to prepare for the second coming are Catholics. The Catholic Church, the new Israel, has been called. Jesus founding his church, the Catholic Church, is what has been called by God to prepare all of humanity with the truth, the fullness of the truth, the complete gospel that never has changed. And that's why it is so attacked. Because the enemy hates truth. The enemy hates light. The enemy hates love. And he has sworn. That's what it means to have an oath. The word sacrament is God swears, I swear to you by my name, I'll be there for you. His very name, Exodus 3, chapter 14, chapter 3, verse 14, his name, the rabbis translated, I am, in the Greek, ego eimi, to mean I am here for you. It's always about otherhood, about us. My question is, do you know him? Do you really know him? How sad to live life as difficult as it is in our days. And people are stuck, stuck in fear. But we have a remedy because the Lord always has a remedy. He is the solution. We need someone that's much bigger than all the events of the world, than all the tragedies of our life, than death. In fact, the book of Song of Songs, chapter 8, says, love is stronger than death. And he proved it at the resurrection. Love, God, is stronger than death. In other words, he has all things covered. He is the answer. He came to his own as he will come right now to us. I ask you again, do we know Jesus Christ? Has he changed your life? Have you heard his voice? Jesus says in John chapter 10, my own know my voice. How sad to face this difficult life alone and think you have to be strong that's orphan language orphans think that way no in John 1 verse 12 into this morning's gospel it says but to those who received them he gave them in the Greek word is exhusia power to become sons and daughters of God you and I are not meant to be under the thumb, under the grip of fear, frustration, discouragement, sadness. Yes, there are moments like that, but everything is meant to draw us, so we'll need him. That's what God has to do, is convince us, you and I are not God. You're not the solution of your problems and difficulties. You don't have an answer to someone who dies. He already has that covered. He rose from the dead. 
He's on your side. In fact, through Paul, chapter 8, verse 28, he says, All things work together for the good for those who love the Lord. All things. Now, I'm not just speaking because I'm quoting the Bible. I've seen him work. I was kidnapped, almost executed in 2003. I know what he can do. And in doing that kidnapping, I couldn't have been happier because he was with me as he is with you. This is serious. It's a matter of life and death. This life, my sisters and brothers, is like one drop of water. That quick. It's an instant compared to eternity. And eternity is like all the oceans, all the bodies of water throughout eternity. He will come and he keeps coming. Do we see this life as a preparation for eternity or is it just to have a good time? To earn money. We are made for another world. I know two priests. One died. He's an Indian priest from India. He was dead for half an hour in the morgue. He was revived miraculously in the morgue. He was taken by his guardian angel to hell, purgatory, and heaven. And I know another priest that mystically, praying before the Blessed Sacrament, has been taken to hell three times, to heaven like eight times or six times, and to purgatory. This life is a cheap imitation of what awaits us. He will come to his own right in a few moments. Will you and I receive him? I beg you, do not let another Christmas go by that you do not know him. You might not have another one. But if you receive him and just give him permission to change your life, as I did in 1980, I told him, I do not know you, Jesus. And I admitted that to him. I do not know you. I should have been in jail. And once I gave him permission, he changed everything. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And I want to do with you now what I wanted to die, execute it. I wanted to extend my hands with the sign of the cross, and I wanted to say in Spanish, in front of those that were going to execute me, Viva Cristo Rey. Long live Christ the King. Hallelujah.